Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. And so Danny Matocha will go for it. 143 to go, third and four. Big gamble. Montreal blitzes again. Ray throwing deep to Mitchell. He's open. He's got it. What a play. What a play. What a pass. Daryl Mitchell with the corner row. Oh, yeah. Classic play there. About a minute and a half left in the 2005 Grey Cup. Third and four. From the Montreal 50, down three points. Ricky Ray to this guy, Daryl Mookie Mitchell, to keep the drive alive. They'd go ahead and eventually win it in overtime. Mookie, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, buddy. You like hearing that? Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. It was good times. It was good times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was good times. I, I know you were in studio several years ago, and we broke that play down in detail, so mm-hmm. I, won't, I won't make you mm-hmm. do the, the whole thing again. But did you not <laughs> tell me that given Ricky's personality, that, mm-hmm. that you were expecting, and, and, and I think maybe Ed and, Ed might have, uh, and Tucker might have thought the same thing, that he was mm-hmm. going to look for a quick one short, and then yes. of, all, of all times mm-hmm. he bombs it to you for about a 30-yard gain. Oh, yes, yes, because it, it was only third and four, right? And so, you know, and like I said years ago, and I should, I'll, that, that play will forever be just, just graved in my, uh, my mind because uh, – I've known the guys when I saw it. I'm like, I just knew for sure Ricky was just going to go out to Ed or Tucker, right, for the easy little hitch that they do, the five-yard hitch, keep the drive alive. And so uh, just to see that Ricky saw what I saw, you know, that the defender that was covering me was well inside and I'm breaking to the corner out. I was like, wow. And just to see that he threw it. So, you know, that just tells a lot about Ricky, like just that, you know, just that, that winning instinct that he had, that he just was ready to put that game away. Yeah, I, I love that. And Montreal brought six guys on the play. And to me, it was just <laughs> classic Ricky. Like you you, mm-hmm. you, you would think that it, he was throwing a pass in practice, like no reaction to the blitz, no flinching, wasn't rushed, just mm-hmm. nice, relaxed throw, put it basically right on your face mask pretty much. Yeah, and I've I've told so many like just ex players that that wasn't my teammates or just family members, friends, fans around like Edmonton that you know just playing with a guy like Ricky, just that touch his throw. Like if you drop one of Ricky balls, you just dropped it. You know he didn't have the you know like the quick release like the Cavillo. He didn't throw the ball hard like the Cavillo, but he gave you a ball that you know you can catch. You know, and he just. He always made sure that he just put that ball in the in the right place. Uh, you, you said something interesting, and, I, and this is what I why I love having you on the show because you say these little things that pique my interest. And, I, <laughs> and I, I love football so much because mm-hmm. e- even in my lifetime, it's I think it's changed a lot, and I don't know all the terminology or all the schemes, but I love watching mm-hmm. it and I love learning about it. And you said, you know, I knew on that play, Ricky saw what I saw. So how yeah. do you whether? And I know you played with Flutie and some other really good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how how do you develop that almost unspoken communication where you might line up and say, look, he's I can't say anything to him right now because he's barking out the, sing- the, 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 the signals, but yeah. I, I'm going to trust we know where this defense can be beaten here. Mm-hmm. And it, just, it, it comes with just like a lot of practice, and it comes with just, 
all that week and all those months since training camp, you come with like the little film study. And then when you're going into a great cup, you go back and you just watch, you're just watching film and film and film. You don't just watch what the team did during the playoffs. You'll watch what the defense did throughout the season or towards like the tail end of that year, right? And so you got these, your offensive coordinator, you got your offensive coaches that's breaking this down. So that particular defense that they was in, Montreal was in that defense at the tail end of that year, or they did it at some point. And so uh, the offensive coaches would let us know, like, if you see this, if you see this particular offense, or you see this particular defense, where we got a particular play call, we check out of it and go to this call, right? And so with the receiver and and the quarterback, it's just an eye contact because you don't want to give it away. If because uh, I knew there was nobody lined up in front of me on that play, and I knew something was wrong. And so I'm seeing the defender, the free safety. He's playing me, and he's playing me heavy inside because he thought I was going to break across his face. So just having that relationship of being a veteran of the CFL at the time of being a veteran receiver, I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to fake you like I'm going to try to cross your face to even give me more room for Ricky to just lay the ball out to the outside. So it works in your favor. And so this is like the communication that a receiver and a quarterback have like just all throughout the year. You're just – when you're on the road, when you're having lunch, when you're you're having dinner on the road, you're just talking to the you you know your quarterbacks, you're talking to your coordinators, or whenever you're meeting, it's always if we get this look, we want to go right here. You look at it, but Mookie, you got that shot with Mook over top, or you got that that shot with Jason Tucker over top. You always have those different options, right? So if Ricky didn't like what he saw, if all of a sudden that free safety all of a sudden lined up, he knew he had Ed and Tucker outside. It was it was just a win-win situation. Yeah, I, I love how you explain it with with that particular <laughs> play and how it how it works uh, uh, all the time because so much of the game is is adjustments and and that's what mm-hmm. I find uh, I find mm-hmm. I find I mean I remember when uh, I, I remember a few years ago Damon Allen came into studio and and he he mm-hmm. told me he he said Reed there would be plays in the first quarter that I knew we could score a touchdown on after I saw the yeah. defense for a little yeah. but, I, but I wouldn't call it until the fourth quarter when we really yeah. needed a big yeah. gain, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so the funny thing with that play, and I found this out, uh, God bless the dead, you know, I got so much respect for Coach Matthews. We, I won my first title with Coach Matthews in Toronto here in Edmonton. But on that play, if you can remember, uh, Crutchfield, Darrell Crutchfield, he was the corner with Edmonton. He was here with us, but then he signed with Montreal. His job was to take my throw away. But Ricky eyed Ed down so much. Ricky stared at Ed, which forced him to not get to his third. So that's what I'm telling you, where you got that veteran quarterback compared to that younger quarterback that it just gets so antsy and would just throw it early so Ricky held he held uh, Crutchfield with his eyes that Crutchfield couldn't leave Ed and take away my throw and that's why we got this history and that that play would be forever history in, in like you know Edmonton uh, uh, books of, uh, like winning championships 
Mookie Mitchell joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Okay, so uh, a few other areas I want to touch on here. Uh, we know it's tough with this year's team. Cornelius is struggling as a quarterback. I'm not going to, you know, we've been over everything, mm-hmm. but what can a receiver do? Or if anything, what can receivers do to help a struggling quarterback? Is there anything? Well, yeah, you can. Like, you know, uh, the last couple of games, there's been a lot of balls. That's professional receivers that have hit the ground. And you well, you got to help him out when you got a quarterback that's struggling or you got a, a quarterback that's just trying to keep his rhythm throughout the game, right? You just got to do your part as receivers to catch everything that he throws to you. Rather, you get the first down or you don't get the first down. You got to keep his confidence up. And these guys got to do the same on their end where you're just keeping the confidence up. Because even if you don't get the first down, it's not always bad because you punt the, you punt the ball to the opposing team. And if you pin them deep now, you don't just, you just shorten the field for yourself. Hopefully the defense can get a two and out. And now offensively, we got a short field. So as receivers, they got to come together and they got to put it amongst themselves before the game. Well, you, it, it has to start in practice that we're not dropping any ball. I don't care if that ball is thrown in a stance, if that ball is thrown out of bounds. You have to catch the football. You just have to catch it. Yeah, I, I like that, right? you got to take that personal responsibility and, and step up for your guy if uh, if he's not putting the ball where it should be. Uh, Maurice French, one of the receivers, was released yesterday, or I guess on Monday. A uh, little surprising because he'd made some nice plays when he had been able to play, but Coach Jones said, look, we need him to block, and it's my understanding from hearing some other things that he had been told this numerous times and just wasn't committing to run blocking and helping yeah. out with the blitz and, yeah. and playing physical enough. Uh, mm-hmm. is, is that... Is that a legitimate criticism of a receiver? Like, was that? Oh, is that, yes, yes, because yeah. we, we just want to catch the ball and we want to shake hands and we want to kiss babies. That's what receivers, <laughs> that's what we want to do. You got, you got a lot of receivers that we don't, you don't want to do it. But when you get, like I said, and it's not to toot our own horns, but that was one of the things that we committed to from the time I got here in 04, that you have to block. You won't have the 70-yard, 80-yard runs if receivers are not blocking for the running backs. It won't happen. And then when I saw that release, it, that's, it's, it's just common sense in this game. When you see uh, a great receiver or a receiver with potential get released, there's a number. And in this, you, can, you can count it on one hand. Is either just like you said, he's, he's been told this since training camp because we've seen the blocks since training camp that you're missing these blocks. And where we got like a 10-yard game, it could have been a 30, 40-yard, or even a touchdown. Or – Normally when you see a guy with potential or a big-name guy get cut, it's either because the team is trying to make money or make room for uh, salary cap reasons or it's because they need depth at another position. Okay, so but, 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 but when you saw the French release, you thought, okay, that's pro- oh. it's probably a blocking issue, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't think that it was because that. And then it's only the coaches, like Coach like Coach Jones, who sees this stuff on the film. Like, we don't see a lot of this stuff live unless you may see a particular play where you're just really studying it during the game and see that he missed this play and the, the running back could have went or the receiver that did a reverse or whatever could have went the distance, but he missed his block or he just stood there and didn't block anybody. So a lot of times that stuff becomes frustrating to coaches and coaches, they do give you that, those warnings, right? And it's, you know, it's just unfortunate that it came down to that, that 
you just didn't want to just buy in and just do what was right for the team. It cost you your job. Right. Yeah, that's because I was a little surprised when I saw that. But then Jones talked about it. And then, you know, I heard mm-hmm. some other things from uh, from sources around the team as well. So that, that's interesting mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, I got to ask you about Terry Vaughn. I know you guys were only <laughs> teammates here for a year, but you played mm-hmm. your careers were almost uh, year for year. So often you would have mm-hmm. been uh, competitors. He is going on the Elks uh, Wall of Honor. Mm-hmm later this season um mm-hmm. again mostly as an opponent you must have had tons because uh, he was a little bit like you like a lot of his stuff was yards after the catch right mm-hmm. yes yes and i've had I, and i still do have so much respect for terry Vaughn. and like you said just just watching this guy and just seeing how he can catch a you know five yard route and he could take it 30 40 or even can take it the distance and just to see like those consistent years of 1,000-yard receiving uh, uh, seasons year after year after year. I mean, you have nothing but the utmost respect for the guy. And then when I got the opportunity to play with him here in 04, you know, I just saw just like that physical uh, strength that Terry Vaughn had. And, you know, just that presence and just that awareness that he had when he was on the football field. So it was just – I tell you one thing, uh, Reed. I will be in the building. I will be right there shaking his hand that night because he deserves it. He deserves it. Yeah, a great player, and uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I hated him when he played for Calgary because they're always <laughs> like, "Just tackle him, just tackle him." But then easier said than done, right? Like, yes. so. All right. Um, if you were, if 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 you were to, like, zero and seven, twenty games. At at, uh, at home, um, but like the guys are tr- trying to say, like we can't think about that. Like we got to take yeah. each week, like we're mm-hmm. we're zero and zero. Zero. Yeah. Do you do you, do you buy that, or or the pro athletes actually you know commit to that mentality? How hard is it? No, I mean it's it's really tough. And then you know honestly, that locker room, uh, you should have one of those vocal leaders in that locker room, pretty much saying if we basically lose like the next two three games, guys, we might well pack our stuff. Because we're gone. You cannot afford to lose another game. And I know that is tough with the the teams that you are facing and the way the season is going. But you've beaten all these teams before. You've beaten these teams before. We're all professionals. These This team prepare for us the same way we're pre- that they um, pre- uh, prepare for us. So in this situation where you're 0-7, this team has to go on the run. They got to figure out a way deep down. They got to figure out a way to play full quarters of football in every phase of the game. Well, and first half is fine. A lot of games. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, it would be nice to have the lead at mm-hmm. halftime and put some yeah. pressure on the other team to do something. Hmm. But yeah. Um, all right. Mookie, uh, I love having you on the show. Remind everybody what you're up to these days because you do continue to do some great work in the community. Yes, I am. I'm still working with uh, my Indigenous boys. I, I uh, run two homes. They're all Indigenous. They, they age, the age range is from like 8 to 18, right? And so everything from what those boys need, rather it's connecting them with family, doing medical, dental, optical with the boys, signing the boys up for sports, taking the boys to all their cultural events, myself and my staff, we're making sure that these boys are staying connected with their culture and with uh, the uh, Edmonton community. Mookie, 
I love having you on the show. Uh, <laughs> outstanding for the for the work that you're doing in the city here. Uh, of course, I'll be in touch with you in the next couple of days as well. And uh, enjoy the game on Saturday. Hopefully, we get that win, man. We will, buddy. We will. That is Daryl Mookie Mitchell checking in tonight, one of the all-time greats in the Canadian Football League and, of course, a big part of the Grey Cup victory in 2005. He joins us on the Certainty Hotline. Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way. That's where you can check in, 780-496-0063. You can email the show, inside sports at 630ched.com. Get me on Twitter, at Reed. R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Back in a couple of minutes, Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. checking out the show tonight. Love having Mookie Mitchell on the show. The way he's able to explain plays and what receivers and quarterbacks are thinking. I love how he takes you inside like that. And he made a point. Look, I've been critical of Cornelius. A lot of you have. He he is the quarterback. That comes with the position. He is I think we got to acknowledge he is not nearly as accurate as we would like. But Mookie, as the receiver says, if you're if you're playing receiver, catch the damn ball. What did he say? If it's out of bounds, if it's in the stands, even in practice, you got to catch it. You got to tell your quarterback wherever you're putting this thing, I'm catching it. And as as he said in the last few games, there have been some balls that professional receivers shouldn't drop, that they should catch, that they should be. Uh, be raking in, reeling in to help out their quarterback. So that's his perspective. Now, look, players often see it from the perspective of the position that they played, but why wouldn't they? And, and I loved how he said that. He goes, in practice, you got to catch everything. you got to tell Cornelius, get it up there, give me a chance to get it, and I will get it. Now, of course, I know what you're thinking. Come on, Reed. there's been some balls that are so badly underthrown, the, the guys would have to have Mr. Fantastic arms to stretch out and get them. But Yes, fair enough. But he's saying the ones that are within the range, he says you got you got to catch them. So that's what Mookie's thinking about that. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is how you can get in touch. Kellen, what do we have? Written correspondence via electronic messaging. Good, go. Here we go. So. Uh, Big bald Tyler texted in tonight and says, the Elks need a win this weekend so we can go into the bye week on a high as a note we've had all season and come out of it like we've been shot out of a cannon. That's from big bald Tyler. Well, I hope so. Well, yeah, it is the bye week next. I guess it would feel a little better going into a bye with with a win. But as as I've said numerous times, just, just get one. I don't care when it is, where it is, who it's against. <laughs> just finally get it. Yes, but I appreciate Big Ball Tyler. We got him a shirt yesterday, didn't we? I believe he was one of our lucky winners. Okay, good. (laughs) There we go. Uh, Saul texts in and says, Reed, with the Elks having lost 20 straight at home, wondering if you know if they are still over 500 in franchise history on home field. Okay, I do. uh, Now, Saul's messages came. That message, Kellen, came in a little early in the day, and I I, I flagged it for you to make sure you would read it. And I did. So... Because I, I checked that. Because Yes, they have lost 20 in a row at home. So he, Saul was asking, what he's basically saying, what's the all-time home record? Are they still above 500 at home? Way above 500. Now, 
going all the way back their whole existence. The uh, all-time home record, 396 wins, 217 losses, and seven ties. So in franchise history, 179 games over 500. So when this started, they were almost 200 games over 500 at home. They're still 179 over. So Saul, it's, it's, it's not great, but they still have an excellent home record in the entire history of the franchise. We'll get to more of your correspondence as we move along tonight. The next guy coming up is uh, one of the best stories in the CFL this season. Uh, we had him here for a while. Now BC has him. He has 10 sacks already. Matthew Betts when we get back inside Sports on Chet. 